The Sports Complex of the Horn. Back to the sports complex on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm your host, Patrick Davis. Got a lot of great sports for you today before we get you out for the Rangers versus Angels at 6.30 pregame. But on today's show, we'll take you around the NFL. Little notes from the scrimmage of Dolphins and Texans. Some Zeke and Dalvin Cook talk. A couple injuries in the NFL. We'll talk about the Cowboys. Patrick's big fat poll of the day. Quan Cosby was on Ian Rodby this morning talking about his uh, Te- Texas Athletics Hall of Fame honor uh, class of 2023. We'll be playing some audio from that as well. Keelan Robinson and some other Longhorns met with the media today. We'll be playing you some clips from that. Maybe looking at some of the top quarterback success rates uh, in the draft. Uh, I was kind of looking down this road because of some things. We'll get into that a little bit more. Little MLB before we get you out for the Rangers at 630. But let's kick things off talking about the Houston Texans, and we'll get into some Cowboys later. Don't worry, don't worry. If you want to join the conversation, 512-337-3776 is the number. 512-337-3776 is the number for the Specs text line, how you can join the conversation here on the Sports Complex. Uh, some news, from the some updates from uh, the Dolphins and the Texans. We're start scrimmaging today, doing joint practices uh, of course, D'Amico Ryans and Mike McCarthy were both part of that uh, staff of uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. So those guys were easy enough to call each other up and say, hey, man, let's do some joint practices. And I'll, I'll get into a little bit about joint practices in a little bit because Cowboys did not do them this year. Uh, but some notes of some guys who looked really good. Uh, we saw Dalton Schultz. People are starting to get to another level with Dalton Schultz where he's only 27 years old. We know that in the Cowboys system, he was a really good checkdown guy, but wasn't used for a ton more than that in Kellen Moore's system. And so it's it's interesting to see that pretty quickly into this Texans run in the Bobby Sloak offense, an offense that we know that if he's anything like Shanahan, made George Kittle a lot of money, that Dalton Schultz, they're saying, could be a breakout candidate for the Texans this season that he looks like he is doing some pretty impressive things in camp. Again, it's camp and preseason, so you can't judge too much on that. But Dalton Schultz is somebody that could make – and I feel like he does have that little extra bit of him that is trying to make Cowboys and Cowboys fans regret not bringing him back. He felt he was worth more money than they were giving him. They did the franchise tech thing, everything. Didn't want to pay him the long-term money. He wants to show he could do more. He looks like he's going to be doing that. Jalen Petrie, we know what he did last year, looked very good for the Texans. He is reporting, uh, the reports are he's doing very well again. And Tank Dell. Tank Dell is starting to be a wide receiver that may be slotting into that wide receiver one spot. We know they brought in Robert Woods to bring in a veteran presence. And he's been doing okay. We know Nico Collins has done well. But the more you see about Tank Dell and the separation he gets, and I believe he caught three touchdown passes today, 
And when you watch some of the clips from it and you see the separation he is able to get for a small guy that has to use his quickness and speed and that burst that he has, that Tank Dell, he's going to have, I, I will say, at some point this season, it'll be national headlines. We're, we're talking about it now, and anybody in Texas is going to talk about it now. But it, at some point in this season, you will start to see more and more national headlines about Tank Dell having be, being the name Tank and having a guy who's like 5'7", and not weighing that much. That, that'll be a national headline at some point in the season because he continues to show that he has a special gear that a lot of guys don't have and a connection with C.J. Stroud. So all reports out of the Texans camp seem to be things are looking positive. Uh, Jalen Petrie, Dalton Schultz, Tank Dell all stepping up. Uh, Texans look good. C.J. Stroud is looking better than he looked in his opening preseason game. Of course, he threw an interception. It's against a Bill Belichick offense. Uh, that number one offensive line was not out there as well. For him, so the pressures are a little bit more. People seem to be they're a bit more optimistic when you get Laramie Tunsil and if Titus Howard is healthy and everything else that goes into building that O line for the Texans. Uh, if they can get everybody healthy there, then that is something that looks like it could be a much bigger uh, gain. And, I, and I'll get into it in a little bit about quarterbacks and what this quarterback rookie class can get into. But let's get into a couple other notes real quick. Uh, Zeke debuted as a Patriot today. Zeke gets in, uh, shows up at camp, looks, you know, he looks all right, maybe a little tender on the legs, but you can't see too much. He didn't show too much of him running drills. Uh, but he debuts as a Patriot, and uh, his signing has drawn some critique from around the league and from media sources that this seems to be a Bill Belichick kind of not understanding the new rules of, of NFL and, and being stuck in the past. And I will tell you what I think the reality is. I think they paid a lot more than they should have for Zeke. I don't know how many other suitors there were. Maybe Jerry Jones was there, and and he helped the Cowboys out by not, you know, by not making Jerry Jones pay six to eight million dollars to bring in Zeke and then try and run him twenty times a game. I don't know how many times Zeke actually runs the ball for the Patriots. It's going to depend a lot on his ability to get his average up over three and a half yards. If he can get his average up to closer to four yards, he'll run the ball decently for, for the Patriots. He'll get a lot of goal line carries and red zone and short yardage. He'll get those carries. If his average starts to drop on that low three and he starts to not be able to break those tackles from behind the line, because this is the problem. This is the real reason Zeke went to, to New England is because they're worried about protecting Mac Jones because they don't feel they have the O-line there anymore. And so if they don't have the O-line – and they don't have a quarterback that they know that they can trust like a Tom Brady to work around an O-line and know where to be and, and get his guys in. And with a system like Bill O'Brien's, they want to have a little bit more time for him. So you bring in one of the better pass protectors in the league, and that's why you brought him in. Now the problem is if you cannot average – if you're averaging under three yards a carry, you're almost unplayable because it means everybody can just drop back into coverage. You know, you may pass – but you, you don't have to – you understand it's a pass play if he's averaging under three yards a carry. So they need Zeke to play at a level to get over three yards, around three and a half to four yards a carry. And I don't expect him to do over four, but let's be honest, that's I think is a dream that if he happens if that happens, then then Bill O'Brien is doing a much better job of drawing up run plays than I'll give him credit for. But the reason that Zeke right now is in New England and not anywhere else. Because he was not necessarily brought in to be 
the running back for the New England Patriots. Rashawn Monday Stevenson is the running back. He's going to get the the very much bulk of the carries. Zeke is there to pass protect because they're trying to protect Mac Jones because Mac Jones wanted out of New England last year. Mac Jones was done with New England after they did the stupid experiment of having uh, a special teams coach and a defensive coordinator trying to coach the offense. After that experiment blew up in Bill Belichick's face. And then we saw the great part that Bill Belichick was talking to Zeke today, which I think is just a hilarious conversation to see that Zeke and, and Bill Belichick having a conversation doesn't seem like I get Jerry Jones and Zeke having conversations. I don't see Bill Belichick and Zeke having anything in common to talk about. But I again, I, I know I know I'm on Mike McCarthy about being a head coach and talking to everybody. You want to have it. I want to have Bill O'Brien in that meeting. Because Bill Belichick, we know, coaches the defense. We know he looks over the offense, but Tom Brady coached the offense for years. He needs to let Bill O'Brien come in and coach this offense if they want to have any hope of anything happening offensively for the New England Patriots. And when he says, no, I went in and talked to him, we discussed what he's going to do. You need to get Bill O'Brien in on those meetings because Bill O'Brien needs to be calling the plays because Bill Belichick, you are not an offensive whiz. You are one of the best defensive coaches in the leagues. You're a great head coach, not an offensive wizard. We saw that last year when you tried to take it over and, and give it to Matt Patricia and give it to Joe Judge. We saw how that ended up. So you need to pass that over, and I don't like Bill O'Brien. Believe me, I don't like Bill O'Brien. But I will say he's an, he's way better at calling offensive plays than anybody else that was handling that, that New England staff. Over in the Jets world, Brees Hall came back, is starting to come back. They start to feel that he is coming back off of his injury from last year. Dalvin Cook joined the team today, officially signed the contract, was on the practice field. He's not going to be able, ready to play. I know everybody's very excited for Jets week one versus Buffalo. Dalvin Cook may not be ready to play in that game. He's coming off a shoulder injury last year and a shoulder surgery, so he may not be ready to play week one, so that may not be the matchup of of Cook brothers that everybody wanted. But I think that when we talk about what is happening in in, uh, New York, which is similar to something that is happening in Dallas, and there is a big difference of two things that happen between Dallas and New York is that they signed they signed Dalvin Cook because Aaron Rodgers says, I need another guy to run the ball. I don't necessarily trust Brees Hall. This goes into his track record of not trusting young guys, even though Brees Hall seems to be good. I, I get it. You want to have multiple running backs. I'm fine with it. I don't know if his reasoning is the same as mine, but I'm fine with wanting to have another running back on this roster that you can trust because it was a problem for the Jets last year. Michael Carter played well too, but I'd prefer to have Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall and then have Michael Carter as a change of pace kind of guy in there, then have a have a system of Michael Carter and who and and just him running the ball. If you don't have if Brees Hall goes down again or if Michael Carter goes down, I prefer to have the three running back system in today's NFL, which is what the Cowboys are dealing with too. But the, you know what the Jets had today? You know what the Jets have been dealing with? Aaron Rodgers has started to get a little bit closer to complaining. He's still being nice. He's still being nice. But Aaron Rodgers is getting that little bit closer to complaining, that little bit closer that you can tell. And he goes, oh, it's not, you know, I don't, I'm not stressed about things I can't change. I didn't say I'm okay with it. That says I'm not stressed about things I can't change. He says, you know, that's not, that's not uh, as of this time. I'm not, uh, it's not my thing. I, I'm not dealing with the O-line and who's playing day to day. But we'll need to get that figured out. Aaron Rodgers is getting closer and closer. And closer to being the Aaron Rodgers we all know. And I can't wait for it to happen. I Look, I, I'm rooting for a lot of these Jets guys because I'm just that's who, who I am. You want to see guys succeed, but 
this seems like it's a powder keg. And, man, if they don't figure out this O-line problem, and if Dalvin Cook, who's an okay pass blocker, he's an okay pass blocker, Brace Hall, you know, kind of in that that Deuce Vaughn pass blocking world of not really trying to – like, he wants to try, but he's not going to put – he doesn't have the body to go in there and push guys around. I don't know. I don't know if Rodgers may be uh, getting a little mad week two or week three at these running backs. And Dalvin Cook, will see if he gets happy when he's got to come in and Aaron Rodgers starts telling him he just wants him to pass block. I don't know how that's going to start panning out for the Jets. It's, it seems like this is the first sign we've seen of the Jets starting to go down. And I know I don't watch hard knocks. I, I, don't, I don't keep up with it. I don't watch reality television. And so I can't play you clips from hard knocks and all the funny stuff. I do have a clip, though, I want to tell you. Because this is we shouldn't have hard knocks anymore. We, we don't need it. I, I, I'm just not a huge fan of it. If you like it, whatever. Good for you. I'm not I'm done with spare gel. But I will say, the camera crew that we need to follow around is Jamal Williams. We saw him on last year's Hard Knock. Wrap it up. Jamal Williams, best character that's ever happened in Hard Knocks history. And uh, he had a quote the other day, and this is a few days old. I talked about it the other day, and I didn't get to play it for you. So instead of giving you Hard Knocks updates, like everybody else seems to be doing, I'm going to give you a Jamal Williams update because uh, Jamal Williams is just a wonderful human being. Here's Jamal Williams when asked about going to New Orleans and uh, about if he's tried beignets yet, and just enjoy Jamal Williams giving you what he can't give you on Hard Knocks this year. Yeah, not impressed. It's just a funnel cake. It's just a funnel cake. So, yeah, the beignets is just a funnel cake. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not from, I just got here. I respect y'all, your beignets and all that. But in California, we just call them funnel cakes. So, well, that's just where we know them as. I tasted it. It tastes just like a funnel cake, so... That's all. But it's good, though, if you like funnel cakes. There you go. I I love it. I love Jamal Williams. He is the most entertaining player for interviews, for clips, for anything. I don't need a hard knocks. I just need you to send me 30 seconds of Jamal Williams once a week, and it'll make me smile for a week. There it is. Jamal Williams talking about beignets and calling them beignetis, and they're just funnel cakes. That's what we call them in California. These beignetis are funnel cakes. Let's talk... Let's talk some Cowboys. Cowboys scrimmage today. We get to see a little bit more of that temper flaring up for the Cowboys. Uh, things start to get heated. We saw a little uh, beat, uh, dust up. Uh, Sam Williams was getting upset going after going after the second string uh, offensive line. Tyler Biotish comes in and cleans it up. Later on, we saw Sam Williams get his hit back on Biotish, and things had to get separated a few times. It is getting to that point. It's hot. Everybody hates to practice. You are practicing nonstop. We are getting you to that time. So this is where we're at for Cowboys. That they're starting to get in there. Now what's funny is, and we saw afterwards some guys came out and said, you know what, this is okay because, you know, I know we're fighting against each other, but once we get out on the field against other guys, we're going to be on the same page. But I feel there is a slight divide in this Cowboys roster right now. And it may not be there fully. Once we get to the season, maybe it'll be different. But right now, it feels as if that this Cowboys team is very much an offensive and a defense, and we will see if, if the fact that they did not want to do joint practices, that they wanted to bond together at, at all being in Oxnard, California, as opposed to trying to go and become a better team and, and playing somewhere else where so many of these other teams want to do uh, you know, joint sessions. And you know what the great part about a joint session is? When you get to that point in camp where you're kind of frustrated and you get into these dust-ups, then you've got someone else, and your team can come together and go, screw those guys. 
we're in this together. They're against us. And when Mike McCarthy is coming out and saying, hey, man, I don't know. I don't know what the defense is doing. I'm too busy calling plays on offense. It seems to me that this team may get a divide somewhere in it. It seems to me that may be a case. Now, maybe this culture in Dallas is strong enough. Jerry Jones, one thing I'll give him credit for, he does build a great team atmosphere. He does get the players a lot uh, of luxuries and and brings them together to where the families are a part of it. So it makes it much more of a family element than a team element. So maybe they'll be fine. But I really wish the Cowboys had been part of the groups to play another team, to not be afraid of it, to not say, oh, no, no, we're, we're good enough. We can practice against each other. Really? I, I, don't you want to see if if your O-line can stop somebody? Because you can't stop Micah Parsons. Do you want to see if you can stop somebody else? Do you want to see how Dak throws against another team? Or is it because you're protecting Dak? Something that I saw today that I want to share with you guys. Jory Epstein from the U-Pod to Win the Game. U-Pod to Win the Game podcast. Had an, uh, had an insight that I had not heard about from Cowboys camp about something that they are teaching the wide receivers this year that is a difference, and I don't know if it's part of the analytics team that they brought in that, my, that Mike McCarthy's talked about. I don't know if it's part of uh, just a Mike McCarthy thing or a, a Schottenheimer thing, but apparently they have started teaching the wide receivers a different way to time routes. That's interesting, and I'm not against it. I've talked a lot of bad things about Mike McCarthy, but this one I might be on board on. This is Jory Epstein from the U-Pod to Win the Game podcast. What was actually most interesting to me from the Cowboys, sort of the way they're training the receivers differently this year. And in a Mike McCarthy in a more West Coast system type offense, they're saying like, no, we really need to time our receivers routes with Dak Prescott's footwork and his dropbacks. And so the receivers were telling me that for the first time that they've been here, when they are learning their routes in meetings, it has up on the screen, like here's how many steps Dak will be taking on his throw in conjunction with this route. The really big thing there is that when you have the the interceptions that they had and Dak led the league in interceptions last year despite missing five regular season games, it's because a lot of times they weren't on the same page and they were reading the defenses differently on option routes. While that's not a new concept in the NFL, I do think that given the interception trend that they had last year, this is what this offense needs at this time. I love it. I I do like it. And she says it's not new. So it's, you know, it seems like something someone would figure out before that you're really worried about the steps back and, and the steps in the drop, but this is part of what you've needed to do for Dak Prescott for years. And it worked because they did it his rookie season. And that's when we really saw, okay, that's where the potential could be. It's, you understand how the NFL works today and how your team is built. Your team is built to win defensively, and your team is well, built to have a, a pretty good offense, but an offense that, you know, you can't expect Dak Prescott to be a hero. I've never expected that out of him. I think he's better than a lot of quarterbacks who try and be a hero all the time that don't know when to get rid of the ball, don't know when to you know, to make things much worse. And when his interception rate went up last year, that's a problem with that because you can't have a game manager who throws a lot of picks. But that also goes into trying to make Dak Prescott something he's not. If we know the NFL today is, hey, man, you have to have a, like you have to have a pass game. You cannot just run the ball. You have to have a pass game, and you have to have a quarterback that's somewhat manageable to do this. And Dak's manageable. You need to have that. You need to build the game a kind of around Dak Prescott and go. Ceedee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, those guys are good enough. If we just train them to work with Dak Prescott instead of the other way around and try and have Dak Prescott play up to their level, have them play at Dak's level, and then let them build plays where they can get into space 
and do a lot more yards after catch. It was something that Green Bay was very good at, and Mike McCarthy has done this before. Yards after catch. So you let your receivers make routes, time their routes to Dak Prescott, and try and get their their skill level to elevate Dak Prescott's play as opposed to Dak Prescott trying to elevate himself to match the play of CeeDee Lamb or Brandon Cooks. It's a different way of looking at how to use your quarterback in the best way possible. And trying to train the wide receivers, who CeeDee Lamb we know, is a, I, more teams would want him than Dak Prescott. I think Brandon Cooks is that same class. They're a, they're a higher level player than Dak Prescott is right now. But if you can elevate the entire team to play at a higher level, I'm very much for that. I think this probably goes into more of the analytics of realizing, hey, man, when he takes three-step drops, you do pretty well. When he takes four-step drops, you guys suck. Hey, how do we fix that? Well, we teach the wide receivers when does he take these steps. And you can also make those calls differently when you realize these kind of trends in the setup. All right. Let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Yesterday we asked you who is the most overrated player in college football going into the 2023 season we gave you some of the top quarterbacks is basically what we came up with uh they seem to be the guys that people were uh mentioning the most for us so we went to those we gave you uh caleb williams drake may bo Nix, and Jaden daniels and bo Nix has run away with it at over 55 percent so you have rooted bo Nix as somebody that and I, i'm with you i think bo Nix could very easily be the most overrated quarterback going in to the 2023 football college football season. Let's be more positive today because I've been very negative about the Cowboys. Here's Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day today. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. All right. Big Fat Poll of the Day today. Join the conversation. 512-337-3776 is the Specs text sign. Cowboys need a player to step up. We know Micah Parsons is going to be good. We know we know that uh, – Trayvon Diggs is going to be good. You know CeeDee Lamb's going to be good. But who's going to be the breakout player for the Cowboys this season? I'll let you throw in Tony Pollard. I'll let you throw in Deuce Vaughn. Could it be a defensive player? Could it be Demarcus Lawrence? Could he be the breakout player this year and go, hey, no, he's going to give you a second edge rusher alongside Micah Parsons. Is it going to be Stephon Gilmore? Is he going to be it? Is Brandon Cooks going to, is going to push C.D. Lamb for the number one wide receiver spot. Who's going to break out and step above what their role is supposed to be? Who's going to break out and be the bigger player? Is Mozzie Smith going to come out midway through the season and have five or six sacks midway through the season and go, man, this guy's wrecking shop up the middle? Who is going to come out and impress and be the breakout player for the Dallas Cowboys this season? That is Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day for today. 512-337-3776 is how you join the conversation. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Quan Cosby is going into the Texas, Texas Athletics Hall of Honor, class of 2023. He joined Ian Robbie this morning. We're going to play you that interview. Quan Cosby is an awesome dude, and uh, he's always been nice to me every time I've, I've been around him working for the station. So we want to show him some more love and play that interview. When we come back here on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn FM app, and the HornFM.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Well, I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night. I love to hear the thunder. Watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. Back on the Sports Complex here on The Horn. Musical theme of the week. We just want some rain. Doing our rain dance here on the Sports Complex, trying to get us some. I saw a report. I saw somebody say that there might be some rain next week. 
there's a chance. There's a chance it might actually rain in Austin next week. So we're holding out home, doing our rain dance here on the Sports Complex. Quan Cosby, Longhorn legend, lifetime Longhorn legend, we'll say that, is going into the Texas Athletics Hall of Honor class of 2023. Uh, he joined E and Rod B this morning uh, to talk about the honor, some other things, Texas football, all of that. Always been a great guy every time I've talked to him uh, when he's been up doing things with the radio station. Always been a great guy when you see him around uh, campus. So uh, a great honor for Quan Cosby. And here is the interview from Ian Robbie this morning talking to Quan Cosby. Can we go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline? And welcome to the show, someone who's been on the, these airways many, many times. But uh, first time we've been able to talk to him since he has been announced that he is going to be enshrined in the Texas Athletics Hall of Honor Class of 2023. He, along with five under, other men's athletes and five women's athletes, will be going in and inducted September the 15th. He is uh, the great lifetime Longhorn wide receiver and kick returner, Quan Cosby, joins us. Hello, Quan. Congratulations, up, my friend. Congrats, brother. Congrats on that. Uh, hey, man, I appreciate that. E and Rob B, man, that's a, that's a dang good group right there, brother. This is fun. I, it's been fun listening to y'all. And, and I'm going to tell you, I, I, as, as much as we're going to talk about that, I actually have a weird story to add to the Michael Orr situation. Oh, throw it out me there. Me and my twin brother, y'all know, y'all, y'all know we were adopted. Yes. Well, well, we were actually almost adopted twice. A very similar situation happened where we went into an attorney's office and we're supposed to sign over our rights. And I'm telling you, dude, I'm freaking 12 years old and something didn't feel right. And I told my brother, you do not sign that. And wow. we didn't get adopted by that family. And we end up getting adopted by the family that, I, you know, that I live with for the rest of my life and all of that. So when I heard that story, I was like, oh, no, I know this very real and uh, just random as it gets. But, yeah, no, that stuff is real. So it's going to be ugly. It's kind of wild. Yeah, that's oh, oh, crazy. Sugar. What a great! Uh, I mean, it's always a part of your your story, Quan. You and your brother adopted, yeah. and then um, you know, great athletes both, and off to Major League Baseball, and now back to the Longhorns. What was what was that phone call like when you got it? That uh, I know you still work at the university with the university and have a lot of <laughs> friends there. But uh, did you know ahead of time, or was it a surprise phone call? No, man, it was absolutely a surprise phone call. And then, ironically, you know, one of my buddies said, "See," and I wouldn't tell Jordan this, but he's like, "Dude, you're going in." Uh, to the Hall of Honor and as as one of the best football players and golfers, and so he's full of crap. But um, I was I was actually golfing. Surprise, surprise! And um, CDC called me, and he called me like three times in a row, and I wouldn't answer. And of course, I've talked about me and his argument relationship that we have, and so finally he called me a fourth time, and I was like, I gotta answer this. What's going on? And so the funny piece about it is he, I'm on speakerphone. I hear other people and it was Chris Polanski and um, my man, Ricky Brown in the background. And he just goes straight to it. I'm calling you and you don't answer the phone. I see how it is. You want to big time me. And I literally, okay, dude, what do you want? Why are you calling me? Especially <laughs> four times. And he's like, all right, brother, congratulations. You're in the hall of honor. So we all bust out laughing. And he's like, and I got Chris Polanski. And, you know, Ricky Brown in here, and I, and I go, hey, man, all you had to do was have one of them call, and I would have answered on the first time. <laughs> and so we, that's, that's how my call went in typical Chris and Quan conversation argument. So it actually, it, of course, it's never straight down 35 is always the ways route when him and I talk. And so, it, it, but, it, but it got real special real, real fast. It, it's still hard to kind of process. 
um, with so many amazing folks that are in that hall and, and going into it this year. So, man, it's a weird deal, to be honest with you, but it was funny and, and I liked the way it happened because it was it was genuine and true to how we communicate. That is so perfect. You want a golf course and CDC can't get a hold of you. That's awesome. You guys are kind of like star-crossed you two. You like to argue and get cantankerous. Rod, what do you got? Hey, uh, Quan, you've obviously achieved a lot. That's why you're getting this honor uh, to go into the Hall of Honor and congratulations once again. What is, on the 40 Acres, what was your uh, achievement that you're most proud of? That you know, what's the what's the one the high mark for you in terms of all the things that you accomplished on the Forty Acres? Ah, oh, man, that's a great question, uh, especially coming from the, the lifetime legendary Longhorn Long Um <laughs> I, I man, that's a, you know what it is, and it's it will, will be a surprise, but not a surprise. You know, I was fortunate enough to get the Citation Award um, earlier this year, and. Good Lord, man, to do that with Mountain and Rex Tillerson and Shun of Austin. I mean, these people are crazy and extraordinary for what they've done, not just in Austin, but across the globe. Wow. And that would have been one of the big ones. But and this one, I mean, I think those two are actually equal. I think for me, you know, we started with talking about a rough situation on how I grew up and. And I was the second person in my family to get a college degree. So mm. I think that by far the most important thing I ever did on that campus is make sure I finish, get that college degree, because that's catapulted into one, uh, I mean, generational change in my family. I was the second person in my family to get a college degree. Wow. We now have about four, 14 members. Oh. And so whether it's, whether it's, you know, I think six or seven is four year. My aunts, one of them, my biological mom, didn't even have her high school GED. She went back and got her associate. So it just changed generationally how we look at education, what, our, my, what my biological and adoptive family um, have done from an educational standpoint. So I think walking across that stage as a 27-year-old, um, they, uh, that, it just, that, that's by far, I think, the most important thing that happened for me. And then just the relationships, yeah. you guys, Love players. It. You know, uh, administrators, all of the above. It, it it's still to be continued, and and this place have lived up to the <laughs> Coach Brown sold us that family thing, and there's some work to do on that since he's gone, <laughs> but it, it truly has lived up to it from my standpoint. No question. Yeah. Going in with a teammate of yours on that national championship team, Jonathan Scott, along with Jordan Spieth, Chris Kirchner, uh, James uh, Means Jr., which is a great one. He broke the color barrier in the Southwest Conference, and David Denny from baseball. We'll run through the women's uh, going in as well here in a moment. But, Quan, it, it sounds like that, that answer you just gave to Rod – you know, you were in that locker room in 05 after winning the Rose Bowl in the national championship when Mac famously said, don't don't make this the, the best thing you ever do. Don't make this the best night of your life. That just gives people chills. But you've lived that, right? I mean, you've, you just said you, generational change for your family, getting a degree. Um, but, you, but that was where it started. You were a freshman on that national championship team. But but profound words from, from your, one of your mentors, Mac Brown. Dude, man, I, I still I, I remember there's a few things I get goosebumps about. Crazy games, things songs because I'm a terrible singer and just <laughs> that I mean dude when he said that that night I just remember sitting there at one of the coolest and most special experiences night and to be a participant but it was so real I was like dude what I get it you're good I mean you got a mouthpiece like no other but that's just different like that I, I couldn't believe his first natty, mm-hmm. he, it was still so empathetic to life. You know, I was like, golly, man, 
you know, we, me and Mac, I, I've been pissed off at Mac. He's been pissed off at me. But that was a moment of just real. It, it's why yeah, it's why I, I think I give him so much grace about so many things. And 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 I, I mean, of course, he feels the same way about a lot of us. But it, it was a cool moment, and I've tried to live up to it. You know, I'm clearly, I'm, as I say, I'm perfectly imperfect. But the um, trying to live up to that piece of it, not just for him, but for the brothers beside me, for the guys who are in the locker room right now, of course, family as well. It's it's a cool thing, man. And and really it's funny because I guess in a roundabout way, I still am involved with with certain UT stuff and certainly conversations about all things going on. But my role on campus now, it's why it's not just sports focus. It's about the, 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 campus experience for for students for first generational students for all the above so man i i don't know that i've lived up to it yet but i certainly wake up every day trying to, to trying to and unfortunately because of so many folks in this city y'all man i mean again i i was the amount of conversations i've had i mean dude there's some real mourning going out going on out there about the changes now yeah. i know fortunately you know there's COVID sucked, but there's some silver lining in it. Um, there's some dang good silver lining in you guys being together now. That's that's an all-star cast. But um, just the impact you make on people is, is super important to me, and I think in this walk of life. And y'all do it. So many folks do it. And I, I hope I can kind of live up to, to that as well. Yeah, that's why you're being honored in the Hall of Honor. <laughs> yeah. And for those who don't know, uh, Quan actually did receive uh, the presidential citation, the university's presidential citation award, which is uh, an award given. It was created like in 1979, honors the extraordinary contributions of people who personify the university's commitment to the task of transforming lives and is the highest honor bestowed by the University of Texas at Austin. And my man Quan Cosby did get that honor. So another congratulations. Congrats, man. Yeah. So it, that's it, for those who don't know. That's why he's talking about now. He's now it's more about the experience at the university and for the community at the university, not just the athletics department. Uh, so, Quan, now that I got that out of the way, because I want people to know that when you were talking about the citation award, I don't think people understood exactly what that meant. That's the highest honor that you can receive uh, at Texas. And my man, Quan, has gotten that. But I want to ask you about this team. Because you've been around some great teams yeah. at Texas. You know, what a, you know what a great culture looks like. You know what it feels like. You know what it sounds like. You know what it smells like. Um, it, it, you've been around the culture there that Sark is building. D- is it anything familiar to you? Brother, man, that's so so real. And, and it was funny because we go back to your you and Hart's conversations with me and, and, and E and Bucky's conversations. And I always talked about, I was like, man, we got some players, but we still don't have leaders. We still don't have this. The culture feels a little off. And I'd probably, if we're looking at the tank, you know, quarter, half, three, four, full, the culture, in my opinion, is the closest thing. We still have the players. They actually, we're full on that. Our mm-hmm. roster is pretty dang good. Um, but the way they prepare I, I laugh. We, we play this game, and it, it, it's it, you know you have fun, and all of that's important, especially at the high school level. But when you get at this level, especially in IL world now, it becomes a business, and so they have a business like mindset, even to how they're stretching, preparing, paying attention, wanting to develop. Um, I, I remember we, we read all the stuff about how Vince was on their butt. I, they responded to that stuff. I think before it was kind of like, oh, we hear you, but 
yeah, you're, you're old school, bro. We're going to do it our way. And that's just not really the case. I'm going to the scrimmage Saturday. I was talking to Bianco and, and Sark yesterday. He actually talked about it. Listen, Mac is in his own world for how he manages relationships. Hmm. But I'm going to tell you, dude, Sark is not far. And I'm removed, old school. I even try to give him their space to a certain degree. But he reached out, said what he said, and said, hey, man, give me a good, good scrimmage Saturday. Come swing by. Him and Bianco said that. So hmm. I'm going to go by there and, and try to see that scrimmage, hoping that, that it's exactly what I've seen before. And it's a different feel. Um, I don't know if it's – and who the heck knows? We all know as much as we worked our butt off and kicked butt to win that natty, we had some breaks. That, that just happens in football. And th- I will say, if they go with where they are now culturally and the roster they have, and they actually continue a level of development during the season, who knows what can happen. But I think what where they hoped for things before, they're embracing being the hunted as those who were picked to win the Big 12 and how you embrace that, the work you put in, and they're putting in some real work. He's Quan Cosby, not just the Presidential Citation Award this year, but the UT Hall of Honor now, class of 2023. Stacking them up. Stacking them up. <laughs> hey, Quan, real quick, and uh, last thing is we're, we're, we're going to extend the, to the segment here a little bit because I got you. I know I use you as an example all the time when we talk NIL, and you've told me this story before about – coming back from baseball and you had been in the business of sports, you know, for four years of your life and you understood how important, you know, the connections you could make at UT were. And even before there was NIL, uh, you know, now we have NIL where these, these young players and student athletes are able to meet with and get to know some really important people that can help their lives beyond sports. And uh, you did that. I thought this was a cool thing. Can you share that story with you and Mac Brown and Mac helping you to to meet with important people while you were at UT within the rules to make sure that uh, when you left Texas, you had uh, you had uh, you know you had a head start on on, on connections and relationships. Yeah, man. It was certainly within the rules. I did not even get a fraction of the dollars these cats are giving. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but, but I did get a an insane amount of business cards. I got an insane amount of meeting. And it, and it was Coach Brown, and it was also Powers and DeLoss. I mean, I would meet with Powers because I was older. You know, I came back 22, 23 by the end of that season, and I would meet with Powers quarterly. I would meet with DeLoss quarterly. And, then, of course, I would spend every, almost every day with Coach Brown. And being older, understanding the offense, guys would come to practice, and I'd be like, hey, Coach, I'm going to take a couple of plays. He's like, yeah, go shake your hand. That's X, Y, Z. You need to know him later on. And then we translate that to the offseason of going to Dallas or Houston and, and meeting with, you know, different donors and alum. And, again, I had to buy my own meal and things like that. Um, unfortunately, I had a little baseball stash that I could do it with. But, the um, yeah, no, it was it – was, and, and even – I do that. I think maybe a week and a half ago, I go to <laughs> – I did not play golf, but I went to River Oaks. Which is boy, that, that, mm-hmm. that club is stuffy, by the way. Oh yeah, but, um, hey, I went to school. Yeah, I went to high school I, I, in River Oaks. <laughs> bro, I went. Man, that club is stuffy. I want to <laughs> play it, but it's stuffy. But I sat down with John Atkins and Bob Moses, and wow. so those are things that I've been doing since I was since 2005. Mm. And we sat down. We talked about the state of UT. We talked about because he's on the athletic um, council or something. They, man, there's so many councils we had no idea about. But he's on that. John led it at one point. And uh, just talked about this year, talked about um, development. We got a new development person. And so I, I, there's, um, I was talking to Chuck Harris, who runs our Texas Association. And 
it dawned on me that I've actually talked to a Texas Exes group everywhere from Amarillo to Tyler to El Paso to San Antonio wow. and now the Rio Grande Valley. And so <laughs> that's what I learned from Coach Brown. And, and it, it was uh, and it was so smart. And now what's cool about it is I did it. I had to worry about so many rules. I'd always talked to compliance before. That's not a worry anymore. And it shouldn't be. Yeah, people hear about the dollars, but they don't hear about, you know, the guys just truly sitting down. Me and Lamar talked about Lamar Houston sitting down, meeting. Lamar is actually, the dude has his MBA, phenomenal story, but he's doing what I did in 2005. Hmm. And so he's that many years removed from it. And, uh, and it really, it had a lot to do with my age and, and being in the sports business That's true. and understanding the macro level of things. I, was, I saw the big picture very differently at that time coming hmm. back older. So, yeah, man, you, you're right on. He, um, Coach Brown did that, still does it. He has more contacts than half the people I know. And if I, yeah. between him and the president's office, if I need to reach out to somebody or sit down and, and talk life, sports, work, um, we still do it. So it's the Longhorn Nation that we often talk about. Um, it's always so fun. And, and being, Rob, he's been down at, at um, basketball games, and mm-hmm. he's in that section. And I occasionally get down there. And, um, <laughs> and it, it's those folks that are in those sections that – that just you want to be friends with and, and celebrate the, the Longhorn family and do business together, but ultimately pull for the horns and, and, and be that family that we were sold and recruiting. So, yeah, man, it's, Coach Brown was one of the best at it, and fortunately, because of being older, I, I try to, to live up to it and take advantage of it. Quan, congratulations, stuff, man. Well-deserved. No one represents awesome. UT as, as well as you do in my mind, and uh, uh, always great to talk to you. Thanks for the thoughts. Let's talk after the scrimmage and uh, give us some, some intel. Uh, don't don't burn any bridges, oh, but yeah. we want to find out what you think, right? <laughs> You'll be watching. <laughs> hey man, I, I, hey, thanks to y'all and doing radio. I know how to say it without saying it. That's right, hey, amen, brother. Man. <laughs> hey, Hooker, baby, I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks, Quan. Thank Congratulations Quan. again. Going yeah. in, That's the good stuff. legendary lifetime Longhorn Quan Cosby. Yeah, Indeed. talk about a fan favorite. Yeah, and I, I don't think people knew about the the uh, university presidential citation award. He was given that in like I think April. Yeah. Then we'll think about again. Quan's a good friend. Uh, spent many around playing golf with him and talking. And he came from a tough spot. I mean, growing up in Waco and adopted when he was twelve years old. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, from that to to what you just heard for fifteen or twenty minutes, uh, you know, where, what he's achieved and what he's accomplished and uh, how he gives back. Uh, you know, because because of course we're praising him and he would come back and well, your guys' show is really good and thanks for what y'all do. And then you know he deflects from his stuff to Lamar Houston. Oh, he does. Quan does. Yeah. Uh, and he's always looking to help, uh, always looking to help, and certainly helping the university. And that's why he is Quan Cosby. There you go. Great interview from this morning from Ian Rod B. You can listen to them every morning right here on the Horn from 6 to 11 a.m. There with Quan Cosby going in to the Texas Athletics Hall of Honor class of 2023. We come back. We'll get into some of your text. And Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day, who will be the breakout player for the Cowboys this season Tell us on the Specs text on 512-337-3776, 512-337-3776. Tell us who will be the breakout player for the Cowboys this season. Coming up, we'll get your text all here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, hornfm.com, and on the Horn app. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the Horn.
There you go. Back on the sports complex here on the horn. Doing our rain dance. The theme of the week is rain trying to get some to come back for Texas, for Austin. It would be so nice to see some rain. And I'm usually not a big guy, of uh, a big supporter of rain. True story. My house was struck by lightning twice as a kid growing up. Struck an AC unit on one side. Blew out everything in the house. Was very scary. Struck. Then we had to fix everything. They put an AC unit on the other side of the house. It blew that open too. Uh, So, yes. I'm not a huge fan of rain, but I could really, we could use some. I would prefer to have some here in Austin. Maybe cool down the weather a lot. So doing a, some rain dance for you here on the Sports Complex. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. The question of the day for everybody, so we can put the poll up on our social media, uh, social media, is who will be the biggest breakout player for the Cowboys this season? You can join the conversation on our Specs text line. 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line. There are some some easier candidates. Now I'm not I'm not counting Micah Parsons or Trayvon Diggs. Micah Parsons is going to get paid. Trayvon Diggs is going to get paid. He's already gotten paid. Uh, but Tony Pollard, we know we I still think he could be a breakout. We haven't seen him as the the main guy for a season. Deuce Vaughn is definitely on that list. We've got a Deuce Vaughn. The Deuce gets loose is what not an app guy says on the Specs text line. So there is one a vote for that. We could see it on the defensive end. A's and zero for the Cowboys breakout player. I think DeMarvion could be there. I don't know, though, because I don't know how many reps he's going to get. We know that Mike McCarthy said uh, yesterday that Mozzie Smith was kind of more in that mode about, you know, get, get ready for special teams play. We don't want to play you too much because we don't we want you to kind of get used to having time off and then having to come back on the field. It's a weird way to prep to have other guys that aren't going to play. I, I don't know. Maybe it was his first season preseason game, and that was how he was saying it. But it did not seem – Yesterday, like he wanted to play the rookies a ton of minutes and give the guys a bunch of reps in the regular season. Maybe that'll change. And if DeMarvin Van Overshawn can show what he can do, he will definitely get playing time. He's definitely one of those candidates. Is Brandon Cooks? I know, I mean, Brandon Cooks, it's hard to put as a breakout guy, but does he come out and challenge CD Lamb for the number one spot? Do we get that? Does Michael Gallup finally show up? Does, does Tolbert show up and take over for Michael Gallup? Who's basically taking over a position for somebody else? Who's going to step up? I think Deuce Vaughn is an easy one to say is going to step up over Rico Doddle or Malik Davis. I don't know if he can compete with, with Tony Pollard at his size, but who knows? He's looked great so far. DeMarvion Overshawn, does he get crack in and start playing that lineup more and more? And by the time we get to week 12, DeMarvion Overshawn is starting to get, you know, 40 to 50% of the reps? Is that, a, is that a possibility? Maybe. I don't know if that's what the Cowboys are looking for out of the rookies. I mean, we know it's not going to be boss man fats. Even though he's in the best shape. He's in the best shape he's ever been. He's working the hardest. It's not going to be him. Eric Scott, maybe. Maybe you get him in there. Maybe he steps up at cornerback position as a breakout player this year. I'm just curious. Who can make it to the first Pro Bowl? One of those questions. Who do you got for us? Tell us on the Specs text line. 512 512- 337-3776. Whoever said Cooper Rush breakout player, you're just being mean now. We know Dak Prescott's going to play this season. We know he is. Dak Prescott is not as bad as you guys make him out to be. I know you hate him. You better get used to him. He's your starting quarterback. Unless unless some magic if they draft. Because you, if you're rooting for Cooper Rush, he's never going to be the starter there. you got to hope that Cooper Rush does bad enough that they have to go draft another guy who can take his job. That's really what you need to be hoping for is that Cooper Rush is so bad that they blow him out and go get have to draft a rookie in the fifth or sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth round, and that guy's your hope. 
That's what you Cowboys fans need to be hoping for. You got to think long term, not short term. We will get to more of your text. Uh, we also have, yes, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders because it's the only thing they have better than Philly. Are you a Philly fan on there? Is that what you're going for? Dallas. I, look, I, I don't like many things out of Philadelphia, but I have give respect to the Eagles. We come back. We talked a little bit about the, the Mike McCarthy only wants players on, uh, you know, that he wants his rookies to get some special teams reps. Well, Keelan Robinson met with the media today, and he talked a lot about special teams. We'll play some audio about that. We're going to get into more tomorrow. Uh, more of the audio. Jonathan Brooks was also talking. Jaron Thompson were both also talking to the media. We will get into more of the running back talk tomorrow. But I want to get into in this next segment before we go to the Rangers at 6.30. I want to talk a little bit of Texas Longhorns special teams and how it could be a special factor for the Longhorns this season. Little MLB talk after that, and we'll get you to the Rangers at 6.30. Right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn on 101.9 AM 1260, the Horn app and the hornfm.com.